Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science. You're in for a fast-paced, storytelling, action-item-rich leadership growth experience. I hope you make this podcast a habit. I consider it a leadership mentoring tool. Learning together makes us better together, and that is how we change the world around us. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and today's episode is a special series with my friend Renee Smith. It's called To Work With Love. I believe that loving leaders transform workplaces and create work experiences that are meaning-filled. Renee fights against fear-based leadership and helps us learn how to lead with love and do it in such an empowering way. You're going to love this episode. Renee, take it away. Hi, it's Renee from A Human Workplace. What was one of your best team experiences? Just let yourself remember and think of a time when you were on a team that really performed, really delivered on its promises and then some. Can you remember that? Can you recall the feelings and the sensations that you had? Do you remember what you did? Those experiences are amazing, aren't they? They're so satisfying and energizing and I think even joyful. And when you think about that situation, what was it like to be a member of that team? How did team members treat each other? What happened day to day? What happened when mistakes were made? What happened when there were disagreements or when there were successes? I have dozens of people in research interviews who have described this kind of team and that experience to me and literally hundreds of people who've described this in workshops as well. And they consistently say things like this, that being on that team was a fantastic experience, that I love going to work, or they described how they were a high-performing team and delivered the best value and service of their career, that it was a top performance experience of their lives. They talked about creatively solving problems and innovating new solutions and described working really hard and showing up for each other but also laughing and taking time out to connect and know each other too. One person said, our team had the best reputation in the entire organization and everyone wanted to be on our team, especially because other teams in the organization weren't like that team. But somehow this high-performing team had managed to come together in a really unique way. Others said that they had something special going on and that part of it was that they cared about each other and supported each other and believed in each other. Somebody said, I knew I belonged and that I was truly accepted for who I was, even with my quirks and all. And another person said, we were even able to disagree without being afraid of losing our place on the team, like getting voted off the island, because there was that much respect and care for each other. And that, my friends, is love. And that's what comes from that love. People who experience this love on their teams light up when they talk about those teams. And it's not uncommon to have people describe their team as being like a family. Now, I want to say that that metaphor works for some people and not so much for others. But ultimately, whether you use the language of family or not, what people are ultimately trying to say is that I was accepted and I could fully be myself and I really belonged on that team. That acceptance and belonging were the enablers of their performance both individually and collectively. And this truth is affirmed in other research too. Amy Edmondson at Harvard is the leading researcher and thought leader on psychological safety. 
Her research is laid out in her book, The Fearless Organization, and she has shown again and again that strong, positive relationships on teams create a sense of interpersonal safety and that that is the necessary underpinnings for every other kind of performance factor that we might look for. So psychological safety supports risk-taking to speak up and point out problems and share wild ideas and offer contrary opinions and test new solutions. This supports learning and innovation and problem solving and growth. Now, as a reminder, I wanna say that love in a work context, the operational definition of love at work that I have arrived at through my own research is things like respect and trust and kindness and challenge and belonging and compassion and appreciation and the like, that these experiences of love create the essential psychological safety that help us to feel calm and open and relaxed enough and able to trust and take healthy, positive, necessary risks. The kinds of things that we need to risk doing if we're going to get anywhere on the work that we're doing in our organizations and teams. So we at the Human Workplace love crafting shifts like this in organizations and across systems to support more loving teams. And here's what I find truly inspiring and hopeful. We've discovered that when we consistently engage even a small percentage of an organization who are oriented toward a more loving and human-centered workplace, that we can have important impacts across the system, that they can have important impacts across the system. This happened once in a large distributed organization where I brought the love, not fear work. And those who received the training and peer support and practical ideas for how to bring more love to their teams those individuals who were just a small percentage, those individuals went back and subtly infused their teams with this way of being and had a noted impact on their teams. Before the pandemic, we might have said that they infected their teams with loving practices. Today, I might say infused. But either way, we saw three kinds of important impacts. One type you would expect, and the others were surprising and, and really encouraging. So what we saw is that Volunteer participants in monthly gatherings increase their demonstration of what I like to call essential human skills, sometimes known as soft skills, by between 42 and 70%, depending on the particular behavior. So what were these essential human skills? I'm talking about things like gratitude, kindness, care, awareness of self and others, listening, managing biases, connecting behaviors, inclusive actions, trust, and resilient self-care that those kinds of behaviors increased for participants between 42 and 70%. But the impact didn't stop with them, that positive behaviors by their team members improved between 34 and 56%. And these included an increase in things like pro-social and productive behaviors like recognition and cross-team connection, sharing ideas and listening, vulnerability and giving feedback, even having productive disagreements offering forgiveness and having fun. In other words, when a small percent of people were focused on being loving and human-centered with other like-minded individuals for other teams and organizations for a couple hours a month, and then they went back into their respective teams, that they had a positive impact on the behavior of their other team members. And this even extended to an improvement in customer focus for everyone too. So that changed between a 33 to 60% improvement in awareness of the customer as human and seeking to understand customers' needs and engagement and commitment to meeting customers' needs. 
So I share this because sometimes we think that change requires everyone to be involved directly. And certainly that would be great, but it's unrealistic. Because what we have found that is that, in fact, a small group of people can become catalysts for changing the teams that they work in. Now, what can team members do to bring more love to their team? These small behaviors done repeatedly can have a huge impact. So I want to encourage things like greeting each other. Just saying hello each day has a powerful impact on how people feel. Listening, noticing, supporting, amplifying voices, expressing value, expressing thanks, apologizing when appropriate, forgiving, challenging, celebrating, listening, and believing. Now, what happens without this kind of love? Indifference and fear, which have a detrimental effect on performance. When indifference and fear are allowed to run rampant, we see an increase in things like withdrawal and caution and withholding of ideas. You can see in like a negative spiral of pessimism that takes hold. There's usually more disrespect and mistrust, maybe making up stories in the absence of information or in the absence of trusting conversation. There can be waiting, waiting out in that withholding instead of waiting to see what happens or finger pointing or doubting. And definitely sub-optimized results. Ultimately, we see time being wasted managing rumors and worries and a sense of cynicism. And businesses and organizations that have to deal with this have more turnover and lower productivity. Extra process steps are put in. There could be delays or lack of help. Because without relationships to fuel pro-social behavior, we just don't help each other as well. And work just gets stuck and gets harder and our quality gets poorer. The results just aren't as good, especially in the long term. Shifting from a negative, fearful, indifferent, dehumanizing experience to more positive, loving, and human experience is totally within our control. Don't want those negative experiences? Then guess what? We can choose to be different each day together. Want more positive experiences and outcomes? Then we can choose to put love at the center each day. And after all, why would we want to make it harder on each other and ourselves to do good work? Why wouldn't we just work with love? Thank you for listening. If you're inspired by what I shared today, or if you're curious to learn more, I want to encourage you to listen to the other episodes in the To Work With Love series on the Gut Plus Science podcast. And I've shared about making work more loving and human in the first couple episodes on establishing the foundation of what is love? What do I mean by that? And on what it means to lead with love. As part of that love, if you care about the well-being of your team members in your organization, you can take our free Invitation to Thrive assessment and read about the links between employee and organizational well-being in my blog series on thriving on the Make Work More Human blog. You'll find links to the podcast episodes and the Thrive assessment and the blogs in the show notes. And remember to ask yourself, how will I put love at the center of my work today? I'm so glad that you joined me today. If you'd like to connect and learn how to work with love, message me on LinkedIn or visit my website, makeworkmorehuman.com. There, you can learn more about how my team and I help leaders and teams operationalize love and humanity in moments and structures that matter. Until next time, go put love at the center of your work today. just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.